0: Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Welcome everyone, this is Heather Campbell, and we are so thankful you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Hey, everyone, welcome to today's episode. We are airing this episode at the end of peak moving season. And with moving season comes a lot of things with military housing, of course. And one of the big considerations, especially this time of year as people are moving, is considering what to do if you own your home and you are relocating. Should you sell it? Should you rent it out? sort of what different factors come into that decision for your family's needs. And today, specifically, we are going to talk about renting out your home and having a property manager. Our episode sponsor today is Navy Mutual. They have been a partner with the Mill Housing Nation and the Mill Housing Network for a long time, and we are so appreciative of them. We will hear a little bit about them later in today's episode. First things you have to think about before you consider whether or not to have a property manager is, are you even looking to rent your home, right? That's kind of where we have to start. So if you haven't entertained that idea, here's some things to consider when whether or not you're going to turn the home that you own, or maybe are working to own, right? You have a mortgage on it, but the home that you bought and turning it into a rental. These are some, some positives of having a rental property. One is that you can continue to gain equity in that property while someone else is living there, while someone else is paying for it, right? As a military family, we move a lot. And so having that opportunity to gain equity in a home for 10, 15, 20 years is really limited based on our own personal availability. So to get that kind of thing, to gain equity over a long term in a property, it often means that we have to have someone else live in our home and pay for it while we are living elsewhere, right? So that's a rental. That's renting it out so that you can continue to gain that equity. This is also something to consider, You know, turning your home into a rental. If you have a potential of returning to that location. Maybe your service member or yourself, if you're the service member, if you have a high likelihood of returning to an area, or maybe it's an area you want to sometime retire in, or somewhere that you want your um, kids to go to college and you want to be able to maintain residency, or you still want to be able to vote there, right? There's lots of different reasons that you might consider maintaining a home in an area that you won't be living in for a specific amount of time. Some things that could be prohibitive, right? That might make you think twice about it that rental properties do cost money. It's not only, especially if you have you know one or two rental properties, a lot of the times they're sort of maintaining. they're not necessarily a passive income source right away. Now there are ways you can do that. There are lots of experts who know all about working the rental market and how to get passive income. but there are costs with that. So if you have a home that you know gets damaged and needs it has flood damage or has roof damage or needs a new AC or the water heater goes out those things are the responsibility of the owner, right? And then that that's on you. So depending on how that savings account on that house bank account looks, those might be things that would be out of pocket. Just like if you were still living in the home, you were both the resident and the owner, you would be responsible for those expenses. You're still going to be responsible for those things for the property, even if someone else is living there. So that's something to think about. Do you have the ability to absorb those potential costs into your budget? Or do you have a plan to gain you know, that money? Do you have a plan to, maybe it is a couple extra hundred dollars that you're making on each month and you're setting it aside to cover those costs for this someday, right? It's not an if, it's a when. Anybody who's owned a home will tell you. It is not if something breaks, but it is when it breaks, okay? So that's something to think about is how available are your finances to cover those costs, especially if something big were to come up in year one or year two of being a landlord and having a rental property. What does that realistically look like for your family budget? Another thing is you have to trust other people. You have to trust someone else to live there, to take care of it, to maintain it. And that can be really difficult, especially if you have a lot of specific needs. If you have a lot of particulars about your property, that might not be a good option for having someone else live there and care for it in the way that you need it to be cared for. My family, for example, owns a home in another location that we've previously lived and we have renters in there. And one of our rules is no cats because the home still has carpet. When we update the flooring, you know, we might change that. But my family has a very high cat allergy. So we cannot have renters in there that own a cat and get cat dander into the carpets and into the air conditioning system because that would be bad news bears for us if and when we move back to that home, right? So those are things you have to consider is, hey, if I'm having someone else live there, do I I want them to have pets? Am I okay with them having big dogs, little dogs, cats? Am I gonna allow them to use it as an Airbnb and sublet, right? So there's all these different things you have to consider in having someone else live in your home. Also, there is potential that if you used a VA loan to buy your home, then some of your VA eligibility might still be tied up within that mortgage, meaning that if you go to own a home somewhere else and apply for a mortgage, it might change your VA funding fee it might change some of those other things available to you if you've used that loan multiple times. Now, that same rule applies if you've used a VA loan over and over again, right? That number, that funding fee, all of those things increase each time. So this isn't just if you have a rental. This is, hey, you've, you've bought and sold multiple times. You still might have those same conditions. So again, that's not something to say, hey, don't have a rental. But these are factors you need to consider when you're looking at the specific needs of your family in relocating, in future housing and current housing, and, and seeing if it's really possible to maintain a rental you know, in another location. And then lastly, and this is the big one, this is where our property manager discussion is going to come in, is looking at your available brain space. And I know that in the military community, we talk about resources and logistics, right? We talk about manpower and we talk about money and we talk about time, but something, especially for military families, and I of course can vouch as a military spouse there is a high mental load and mental cost of running a military household. There are a lot of things that we take into account, especially if you throw children into the mix, that our civilian counterparts just aren't dealing with. And so it is important to have a realistic view of what your available brain space is if you decide to maintain a rental on your own. If you had a rental before, how long have you owned this home? How familiar are you with it? These are all things to consider if you're like, you know what, I think we should rent this house out also. I think that we should have a property manager. Now, I want to go ahead and disclose, we do own a home and we do have a property manager because we were moving overseas. We were moving 5,000 miles and multiple time zones away. And my husband was taking a position that was brand new to us and was going to require a lot of in-office support from me and from our family, both in his office and then sort of more of a load on me at home. So I knew that it was not the right season for us to explore being landlords for the very first time ever from far away with those responsibilities, right? So that was a decision I was able to make. So as I share with you sort of this conversation we're gonna go into about, should I hire a property manager? These are gonna be the exact conversations that my family went through and the things that we took into consideration. But before we move into that, let's go ahead and pause and hear from our sponsor today, Navy Mutual. Trust is everything. For 140 years, Navy Mutual has been safeguarding your family and your future. Navy Mutual's financial strength and stability ensures they'll be there when you need them the most. They are there to provide members high quality, low cost life insurance and annuities, educate the military and uniform service community at large on matters of financial security, and to help members secure their earned survivor benefits. With commitment, competence, and character, for Navy Mutual, it's all about trust. Okay, welcome back everyone. Now, let's get right into the meat of today's conversation. Should I hire a property manager? Now, I've sort of broken this down into some pros and cons of what we've seen as a family that has a property manager and also renting homes or apartments or or base housing that has a property manager, right? Some of those benefits that we've seen on both sides of that relationship with property managers. Some of the benefits, property managers are going to handle your day-to-day. So those those phone calls that the fridge stopped working or the ceiling is leaking or, hey, we need to be sprayed for bugs or, hey, the, my dog ran through the screen door and it's off the track. Again, please send help because either my dog or my children ran through the screen door and knocked it off the track. Yes. Also, fun, a little tangent for you, a little hack for all of you who have screen doors that you might have animals and kids or husbands not see is take some duct tape or packing tape and put an X on the screen on both sides of the screen so that the tape sticks to each other. But then when the screen door is closed, you can see a giant X. Don't ask me why I've learned that family hack, but just know screen doors, X in tape. So that, that's a fun little tidbit about my family for you. But again, property managers are going to handle those conversations, which is wonderful as a tenant. And somebody who's renting to say, hey, I've got somebody that I can call who's in my same time zone, in my close proximity, who can help manage this problem, right? Also, as a landlord, as a property owner, it's great to know that I have somebody there near my home who can take care of those day-to-day things because I am far away. I can't swing by. I don't have family in the area. And my hours, my time zone wasn't the same. So it's a little harder to get a hold of someone who lives you know, on the other side of an ocean. Those are things to consider is, you know, do you want somebody to be able to handle the day-to-day? Property managers do have a fee. This is their job. They get paid to do this, right? So the most common, I guess, across the board fee that I've seen is 10% of the rent. So you have to think about that when you are looking at, okay, we are going to rent, and how much should we charge for rent? You need to make sure that you're covering your mortgage, your insurance. Your insurance will change both your mortgage insurance and your home insurance, Property owner, like rental insurance for property owners is different than primary residence insurance. So you need to talk with your insurance company about what that looks like. Potentially meet with an insurance broker to change, you know, coverage if you want. But factor that all in plus a 10% fee for the property manager. So you don't necessarily want that to be something that's out of your budget that now you're still paying out of pocket for this home that someone else is living in, right? The ideal scenario is that the home at least at bare minimum pays for itself, if not also starts building that cushion for things like the AC and the roof and the replacement flooring, right? And then another positive is those property managers will often have some decision autonomy. So for ours, for example, they have up to a certain dollar amount that they can make those decisions about our property without clearing it through us first. You know, it's this certain dollar amount, anything under that, they just handle it and they take it out of, sort of what they pay us. So they, they collect the rent, they do the screening, they do all of the security and background checks, they handle everything. And once a month, they send us our portion of whatever the rental income has been. Now, if there's been expenses that month or different repairs, they take that out of whatever they're sending us. So they are automatically getting paid, you know, they're, they're going to pay themselves first, they're going to pay any bills that they've covered on our behalf, and then what's left over comes to us. Now, sometimes when you have turnover of tenants, that might mean that you're going to have sort of a dip more in that rental income that's going to be available for covering things like the mortgage. So you also have to plan that in is, okay, do I want to plan the rent in a way that's going to cover the property manager and potentially cover a month or two each year of not having somebody in the property, right? Not having um, renters in there. I've known people who have had months without renters and I've known people who consistently have their home rented out and it's only empty long enough to turn it over, right? So again, these are things just to consider when you're looking at whether or not you want to bring a property manager in. And then one of the big pros is that you can maintain privacy over that home. So whoever's renting your house doesn't necessarily know you, doesn't know you know where you live, doesn't know your contact information. And especially for military families, that can be really difficult to protect that privacy when we move so often. So that's a really important benefit of being a property owner and having a, a property manager is that They maintain it, the home is still there, it still belongs to you, but the face of your home is this property manager. The contact point for the home is this property manager and not necessarily you as an individual. So that can be a benefit. Now, some of the cons or some of that other argument of why you wouldn't wanna consider a property manager would be that they might have requirements like having a home warranty. That was something that was in our contract with our property manager, we had to have a home warranty. Now, I will say as an owner, when I lived there, it wasn't something we saw you know a big benefit of. but being a landlord who's lived far away, we have loved having a warranty because there have been things that have come up and we've been able to, you know make that $7500 service call and this warranty company sends someone out to handle the problem for us on our behalf. So that has been really peace of mind while we've been far away from our, our first rental property but they might have requirements like having a home warranty they might have a retainer that they require you to pay up front hey we want 1 month's rent in an account that we pull from at any given time and we want that before we take over you know managing your property for you so that is something to consider do we have the ability to put this retainer up front right and they might also have fees on home improvements i've seen it in contracts where the 10% property manager fee also includes any home repairs so if we decide to replace the air conditioning unit, right? Air conditioning dies and and maybe home warranty doesn't cover it or or we're gonna replace flooring, right? And the flooring needs to be redone. It's whatever the cost is of that home repair, that renovation, plus 10% for my manager to manage it for me in addition to the 10% rent. So, you know, flooring can be $10,000 to refloor a house. I would have an additional $1,000 that I pay the manager just to coordinate it for me. So there's those kinds of conversations that really need to come into play, especially if you're expecting to do big repairs on your home is this something that you have the ability to cover? And is it worth the cost to have somebody handle those details for you? And then another thing that's sort of against having a property manager is, are you going to be living close enough to manage it yourself? Maybe maybe this was a home that you had and your family needs changed, right? And so you've decided to, to move into a different home and you're close enough to manage it. Or maybe you have a very trusted friend or a neighbor or a family member in the area who can manage it for you. Or maybe you're just moving a couple of hours away and you can come over for those big calls or you can come over for that tenant turnover, right? So again, is this, have you managed a property before while someone else lived in it? And are you close enough to be able to do, do that on your own? Those are all sort of that against having a property manager conversation. And then things to consider when you're looking for a property manager. So should you rent out your home? What to think about? Do you want a property manager or not? And then let's move into this last part of this conversation. Things to consider. You've decided you're going to rent the house. You're going to have a property manager. What should you look for in that property manager and um, homeowner relationship? So things to consider. What is their cost? You know, that we sort of already talked about that, that 10% fee or that retainer or that upfront. What What does the cost out of pocket look like for you as the homeowner? And is that something that you can factor into how much you're charging for rent? Is your property manager familiar with long-distance landlords? Maybe they have done property management before, but always within town or or landlords who live nearby. You know, are they familiar with what that looks like? Does your property manager have other military owners that they work with? Are they familiar with the military lifestyle and some of the tricky things that we have to navigate that might not translate well to someone who's not familiar, right? So are they familiar with long-distance owners? Are they familiar with the needs of the military? you know, what is their cost? What's their experience as a property manager? Are they brand new to this? Is this your your cousin, you know, from across the road who needs a a job? Or is this someone who's sort of been doing it as a side hustle and you're going to ask your buddy to do it for you? Like, realistically, what is their professional experience in doing this as their occupation? And with that, what is their current load? Is it a two-man team or two-person team? managing a hundred homes, right? Like that's, that's quite hefty. And so what is going to be their availability for your tenants concerns and for your concerns as the owner, right? So how does that communication work? And then what is the rental market in your area? There's different cities that you can have, you know, maybe you purchased a home and you aren't in a great school district and it's no big deal to you. And you don't have kids. You're not worried about it, but you're trying to rent your home to families and you're marketing it to families. Well, families might care about the school district. So you kind of have to know your market, know your property, know your area, and sort of know what's going on and what that expectation could be. Are there people in your area who have had rentals, um, military, you know, colleagues of yours who have rentals, do they recommend somebody to manage it? So these are all things to think about when you're choosing your property manager. Of course, the length of that contract and recognizing that there need to be military clauses, potentially both for your tenants and for yourself as a homeowner, you know, those protections in there and be familiar with the landlord and rental property laws in your state. Some of those can vary state to state. So make sure that you are informed about those. Your base legal office can always direct you to where to find that information so that you can review it and make an informed decision. And then the last thing again is just going to be their workload and your workload. So how will that communication work? Is it through an app? Is it through a like a portal? Is it through your personal cell phone? What is the expectation of communication so that you as the owner can get updates, but then also them as the property manager so that they can reach out to you as needed for those things that are predetermined in your contract. Again, this conversation today has all been specifically on okay, you're relocating, you want to maintain your home, are you going to turn it into a rental? Should you get a property manager? And what things should you look for when you are deciding on a property manager? I know for my family, it has been a very positive experience to maintain a home in a place that we no longer live. However, that first year of ownership for us was pretty much breaking even. We didn't necessarily gain any income off of it. Now in the subsequent years, we've been able to put away a little bit each month so that we're building up that savings essentially, because we have a house in the Southeast and it has a 15 year old air conditioning unit. And I don't know how familiar you are with heat and humidity in the Southeast, but uh, we kind of consider it a ticking time bomb. So we know that that purchase is coming. So that is the next thing for our home ownership is starting to gain some of that income, save up that rental income so that we can use that for that. It is important to know that rental income is considered taxable income, so if you decide to turn your home into a rental, you want to make sure that you're maintaining receipts of your mortgage, of any improvements that you do, how much you're paying your property manager, any calls, service calls, anything that you do on the home, you want to make sure that you are keeping track of all of that and also tracking the depreciation and the taxes on that. That is when I highly recommend you meet with a tax individual because tax laws change from state to state. They change every year. And it can be quite the mental load to try to learn all of that, especially if it's not something you're doing as your full-time side gig of you know, running houses. Um, it's important to make sure that all of that is in order and another piece of that conversation in turning your home into a rental property. Thank you all for being here today, for listening to this episode. I hope that this has given you some things to think about and some things to consider as you are deciding what works best for your family in the current season, in the future season, and as we sort of live this nomadic life. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends. We appreciate the feedback and comments you share with us as we continue to support our military community. Thank you all so much for being part of the Mill Housing Nation. We appreciate you. The Mill Housing Nation is where you will always have a community no matter where you are stationed.